Okay. Yeah, my dad too. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to get to figure out um, the part of the Mishnah that we didn't explain. Uh, the discussion at the end of the Mishnah, the Mishnah was trying to figure out if it's a uh, freeing a slave is a definite benefit, eschus, and if it's a definite benefit, then uh, the messenger can, without asking the servant, acquire his freedom uh, for him because it's, uh, it's just a gain, it's just a win. And the Gemara said, well, not so fast. Doesn't a master have to support his servant? And doesn't the, isn't there a free lunch over there? And we said, well, that's the debate that we uh, discussed, whether a master is allowed to say, I'm not going to feed him. Let him, uh, let him earn his own money. Let him get his own food. Uh, so uh, and if that's the case, there's really no benefit to being a servant because you're going to get your... Uh, uh, the food that you get is what you earn yourself. So that was really the question that the Gemara dealt with. But then the Gemara threw in a new factor, and that was the truma factor. What if your master's a Kohen and uh, you work for him so that when you're the property of a Kohen, you get to eat truma? And so there's a big advantage to being uh, working for a Kohen. So uh, do, in this case, would you say that the, the uh, messenger has no right to free him because then he's taking away the truma rights of this servant? And we had a debate about that. And so now we're going to do the Gemara that explains the debate. It's about a paragraph up on 12b. Omer Evelazer, Omer Lo Meir. Rebbe Lazar said, uh, this is Rebbe Meir, but he, they, were, they were colleagues, so he said to him there, it's a benefit, it's, it's a for sure positive thing to get your freedom. And so, therefore, it should take effect immediately because of you can do a positive thing even when he's not there. So the, uh, he answered him back, Reb Meir answered him back, no, there's a downside. Shim hayu evid kohen, if his boss was a Kohen, Puzzleman a Truma, he's going to lose his Truma rights. Mm-hmm. If he would want Shalodizonu, if the master would say, I'm not going to feed you, I'm not going to take care of you, Rishai, um, he would be allowed to do it. So there's really no benefit to being a servant. But uh, Omer Lo, he said back to him, "My ilu evid kohen shaborach." Well, if a servant was a kohen and he ran away, the aishas kohen shemor abalo, or the wife of a kohen that uh, ran away from her husband, valo ochlan betruma, they are entitled to eat truma bezu enu ochel. So um, the Gemara is going to explain this in a second, but basically. The, on the, uh, the, you make the argument that it's, it's not a, um, that there's a benefit to a servant that he gets fed by his master. If the master would want, they don't have to feed him. But then you made the argument that uh, he gets truma. Well, actually, even if he runs away and he's not being fed, he still gets truma. That's what he's trying to say. But has he run away because he's been emancipated? No, no, even he's if he's not, if he abuse. just... He's running away because of abuse? He just doesn't want to work for him. He wants to be free. But he's a slave, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's not a choice. Is that a choice for him? 
Um, he's not supposed to. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so is that the Kiddush here? He, he did something he's not supposed to do, but he still gives rise to fruit? Correct. So there is a situation where it's a benefit to him to not have his freedom papers. Uh, but, it, you know, we might argue, well, if he gets caught, I'll have to be, go back to work. But he's saying he's, as long as he's the servant of a co-aid, he gets free truma. Um, the, the master wants to free him, so he's not afraid that the master's going to hunt him down and put him back to work. The master, the question was, uh, do we do a benefit for him to acquire his freedom immediately? Or do we not? And he's saying, well, if you get his freedom immediately, he's going to have to stop, stop the truma right away. Right. And he said, well, there's no... Uh, so that they said... Uh, but anyways, we're, we're, the words, we're missing a few words in this Gemara, like many Gemaras, that they're missing some of the discussion. And so we're not... The back and forth that we have to figure out. Um, uh, but the first issue was the master has to feed him. And we said, well, if the master doesn't want to, he doesn't have to feed him. So that's really not a benefit of being a servant. Then the second question is, well, what if the master is a Kohen? So they could still eat. And by you accepting his freedom immediately, uh, but there is a difference between a servant and a wife because um, he's obligated to feed the wife. Uh, and uh, if the uh, if the uh, if he gives a divorce, she won't get food, and she won't get truma, and she won't get food. So my What's the back and forth over here between these two opinions? Mm-hmm. And, and that means that we're absolutely right. There's something confusing here uh, that we're missing some words in their discussion. They're having an argument about uh, is uh, a slavery a definite benefit or not, and it, has, it centers around the Kohen benefit. So this is what, uh, what he meant to say. Uh, he argued that you, can, you can't say that it's a benefit to free a slave, he's losing his support. So he answered back, he's not required to have support, whereas for the wife he is. So heshivunu hashivsuni almazonos. It's true, you had a good answer why in the case of uh, food that it's not a benefit. So I agree with you. Uh, there was, you he made a point that oh, every slave has a food benefit he's taken care of. And, uh, and, that, and, that's, and the woman does too. And so you answered me well on that, that that's true. That if I make that argument, um, that is no argument. That Really, he's not required to feed the servant. And the master is allowed to turn around and say, you're on your own. But my teshivuni alatruma. But what are you going to answer me about the truma benefit? So you got to add those words. In other words, um, you got to add those words to the um, uh, to the discussion in the Mishnah. Was that his first argument was it, it's not a benefit to lose your slavery. You're going to lose your support. And the answer was no. You, he's not required to support you anyways. If he's doing it, he's just being nice. Technically, he doesn't. It's not something that you only had as a slave. Uh, technically, he's not required to support you, so you might as well be free. All right. But so he says, you, yes, that's an answer on the food part. But what are you answering about the loss of truma? The kitamro. Maybe you want to argue e boy zorikleigita uposale. Well, if he wants, he could take away the truma. He could throw you your freedom papers and take it away from you. Uh, and so, therefore, it's not really, uh, this person didn't harm you by accepting your freedom. The master at any point could take away your, uh, your coin status by giving you the freedom papers. So the answer to that is, no, the servant has a way of not allowing the master 
to take away his coin status because or the servant of a coin status. He can pack out of there. He can make sure never. It's um, uh, sometimes a, a person has to be served papers, and they, they sometimes play a trick that they make sure that they'll never be available to be served. And so, if they're not served, they can't be sued or they can't be. Uh, um, so this uh, basically, he's saying that your argument that the master could could uh, uh, the it's not a benefit that the uh, messenger it's not taking away a benefit that the messenger removed uh, accepted the freedom papers right away because the master also can cut off the freedom right away and take away the kuhnu benefit. No, the master needs to have the the servant there and accept the freedom papers. If the servant wants to run away, the servant can keep his kuhuna status and still have truma rights. So then as we continue the discussion on the top of today's page, and if you have the servant of the coin that ran away, they can still eat truma as long as they didn't get their divorce or they didn't get their freedom. And this one can't. So how can you say that it's for sure a benefit and therefore... I have the right to uh, um, uh, file the freedom papers right away, so to speak, and make the servant immediately freed. Aren't you doing something bad to him that uh, he's going to have to stop eating truma? So the more said, Shapur Kamala, isn't that a good argument? That's true. So how can we in the Mishnah say that as soon as the messenger gets the freedom papers, he can even accept them on behalf of the servant without asking him because it's a schus, but isn't there a downside that he'll lose his truma rights? That's what the Mishnah means, He only has truma rights because he's the property of the Kohen. And uh, we're saying that the Kohen can't take away his truma rights because he can refuse to be served his papers. The answer is there's something else he can do to take away his truma rights. What is that? The e boy shakel arbe zuzim Yisrael. He could sell him to a Yisrael, and then he becomes. Then he loses his truma. Pasole, kol heka isa wherever he is. So really, there's no. Uh, if the master wants to take away truma rights from this servant, he's not happy with this servant that ran away. So he's gonna. He, he all he needs to do is uh, transfer ownership to take away those truma rights. So, therefore, this person isn't really taking away something the master couldn't take away anyways. Ulu Rav Meir, Tainachavid, Kohen. And that's an argument against how it's not uh, detrimental versus it is detrimental to the wife. That's how this is all leading together. Correct, right? that's right. Yeah. Okay, I got it. All right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, um, so Lamar says, well, Ulu Rav Meir, and Lamar says, so they're having their argument here whether or not the Kohen privilege of eating truma is the reason that you can't accept the freedom papers immediately. Uh, but uh, according to Rav Meir, this, this argument would only work if the master's the Kohen. Evid Kohen, Evid Yisrael, Ma'ikla and Meymar. What are you going to do when the master's the Yisrael? So uh, in most cases, it, it, the master is the Yisrael. So would you not say over there that the, he can accept immediate freedom? He wants to say, you know what? The servant won't be able to have any slave women anymore. As long as he was a servant, he didn't have to get he didn't have to be married and have to go by the rules. He could just have a slave woman for relations. 
And uh, by accepting the freedom papers, he's now a regular Jew and he's forbidden to have a slave woman. So there is a negative to getting freedom. Once you get freedom, he can't have freedom with these women. So the Morris says, Adarabah. Yeah, but it's true, he can't have those women, but now he can get a Jewish woman. He can get a legitimate, respectable woman now. So th- th- there is a benefit to being free. So the Mora answers, Abda Nikole. A servant would rather have uh, the loose women, the, the free women. And so, therefore, you can't say it's a benefit to him when he's used to... Uh, uh, having these women, maybe he um, uh, uh, he doesn't want his freedom because then he'll, he'll have to only do it in a respectable way. He'll have to get married and he'll have to support her and uh, so it may or may not uh, be good for him. So the bottom line is uh, there is the two opinions about whether uh, freedom is good for every servant and every servant wants uh, somebody to act on his behalf and accept freedom. Uh, one opinion says yes, it's always a benefit, and therefore someone can act on his behalf and always get him immediate freedom. And the other opinion says no. And uh, there were two arguments brought. If his master is a Kohen, he's going to lose his Truma benefit. And if even if he's not a Kohen, he's going to lose, lose his slave woman benefit. And so, uh, therefore, maybe he doesn't, it's not for sure a benefit for every person, because maybe for him, uh, that's, a, uh, that's a plus. Um, is, that, is that right? normal for slave mentality like they get their food and they can sleep around yeah no problem correct yeah mm-hmm. that would be a reason to be a slave if they like that lifestyle i suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean the, the funny thing is that there are people that choose not to get married and take a regular wife and and they just never grow up so to speak uh, they just you know what do you mean that isn't that isn't that what everybody wants is to be respectable and and have no 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 they're happy to just uh Live a slave's life. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's exactly, that's, that's what, that's exactly what it is. That's that's the, um, well, so what do those words mean over there after Evan Vesker and Nicolay? What is the next few words? Yeah, um, so it, it means... Um, let's do the Rashi on that. Uh, he wants to know about the word zilale. It's cheap to him. Uh Rashi is four lines from the top on the right. Zile zolohu be'enav, zilzubo lekol tavaso. He's um, uh, he he wants to fulfill his desires. Upritzele he snagimo bepritzes. He can break the fences. Um, I I think the word zilzo means it's cheap to him. It's easy. He doesn't have to commit to marriage and uh, to date and to buy her dinner, and to do this, and to do that. He just lives there. Zolo means like it's cheap and easy for him to do it. Well, that's actually shkichole, means it's available to him. Pritzole, uh, he, he doesn't have any rules. So uh, all of those things may appeal to him. So Tosos has an interesting question. Um, we said a servant, maybe he wants to keep that up, but in Tomar Evan Cotton, what if he's a, a minor? So he never led that life. So in other words, it's only a person who's enslaved and got used to living like an animal and, and uh, those slave women would, might want to stick that way. But if he's a child and hasn't yet done that, and then uh, it's definitely a benefit for him not to uh, be uh, in that lifestyle. 
He never, he never lived that life that he would be addicted to it yet. So if he's a minor, would you say then that it's definitely a benefit for him to be freed? If you free him before he led that kind of life. Um, and so uh, he answers, you're right. Motor of Meir would admit, but Evan cut in the uh, Yisrael, that he would be. Um, so um, let, let's keep on going, because it's a fascinating toast of being Tomar, Kamar Hassam, it says over there, Rakaimelon, it, seemed, it sounds like that we read their minds and say that's what they want. They argue, they seem to say no, that that's not what servants want. They admit that a um, servants may get used to that kind of animal kind of life and they like living it. But but by a servant, it comes with a price. Uh, he's got to work for the boss. He's, he, he doesn't have his own freedom. The benefit of being free overweighs the loss of the slave women. Uh, if somebody never had that, um, uh, maybe it's... Uh, Basically, we're trying to say there is uh, the, maybe the freedom outweighs the, the, the opinion of the rabbis who say that it's a definite plus. Don't they admit he's going to lose that kind of life? And they're saying even if he preferred that kind of life, it could be freedom is a bigger benefit. Could be. Could be. Practically speaking, though, so if the coin sold to Israel for four years, then. No more trauma. The slave, is, the slave is somewhere else. He has no idea. Right. He becomes Jewish? Uh, no, no, he becomes the Israel. He becomes a, a, an Israeli servant instead of a Kohen servant. No, that's if he's sold. Right. Yeah. Saying, right. He was, oh, right. He was sold. He wasn't free. Right, 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 right. So at that point, obviously, he didn't have trauma because he's already been sold. Right. So then, right, what happens? It really is like, like he loses, my head. He doesn't know he loses his You're right. Right, that's right. They won't get fed. Right, that's right. There's some benefit. Yeah, yeah. So he's tripping him up, though. I mean, and he wants to, but but the slave doesn't know any better. Because he doesn't know he's been sold. Well, he could be. Away. Someone will tell him he's been sold. You better stop eating. The... Someone's got to give him the truma. So it's going to be in the news that he's no longer a Cohen servant. So the farmer next door will know, you know, not to give him truma anymore. So, I don't know where they put up the sign, you know, that, you know, you know, my old servant, he's no longer mine. No, don't give him truma anymore. Like the, it'll be on the post office. Okay. Moving on. So that's the end of that discussion. So it's a, an interesting discussion if the, that we have a concept that you're allowed to do something that's a definite benefit. And so is freedom a definite benefit for everyone? What about the fact that he'll no longer be fed? And what about the fact that he'll no longer be entitled to slave women? Does that go into play or not? And so that was the whole discussion. And two opinions about that. New Mishnah. Somebody says... Uh, give this divorce to their wife, or give this freedom papers to their servant, umes, and then they die. So, lo yitno lo la'achamista. It's too late to give them after they die. The, the, their power of the messenger is that he's as if he's that person, but that person 
uh, is no longer there. Rashi, lo yitnu lachamista, de geta lo havi adamateliyada. A divorce doesn't work until she gets it. Viki mateliyada, and when she gets it, she's already a widow, meslo. Mishakru pako le rushusa. And uh, the, the servant, no, it's no longer, uh, it's too late to give her, you can't turn her from a widow into a divorcee. Or, or the, um, what if he didn't know that the, that the master died? What if uh, didn't know that he, and he was doing it Right, so he's going to give it to her, but when she finds out, she'll have to realize that it, it didn't, didn't help. It was too, the divorce was... was, a wit, a wit, a wit, a wit. Yeah. Um, what happens if you say... It has nothing to do with the intent, then. That's what Barry was saying. Correct. It has to do with being alive, right? In right, other words, right, the, right. The, the power of the messenger is that they represent a person who, who could give a divorce or who could give freedom, right. but that person is passed on, it's but too late. A, remember yesterday we were talking about how the intent had something to do with it, whether, whether uh, the shliach could pick up something and, and take it mm-hmm. on behalf of. Right. This mm-hmm. is this is showing that, that it, it has nothing to do with the intent of Well, this is a limitation. Even if there's intent, he definitely wanted the divorce given or the freedom papers right. given. But the limitation is that only goes as long as he's technically alive. Right. Uh, if he if he's no longer alive, then the 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 it's almost like the um, he no it's longer is working the surface. It's a moot point. Yeah. 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 That word is to new, like as opposed to tanu. Like tanu is tanu rabbanan. Uh-huh. This is like Tanu. Tanu. Okay. Tanu. 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 Let's say he says, give someone some money on the other hand, and then he dies. Uh, that could be given after death. Uh, that's no problem. Okay, let's see the Gemara. This rule that you give him the money after he dies, that's if you know exactly which money. The money is like sitting there. And it's uh, it's uh, it's exactly piled up, counted, and it's it's in the corner. And so you could actually point to exactly which money was meant to be, go to which person. So that was the statement that he added to the Mishnah. But Mayaskin, what's the case? If the person who made this uh, this uh, bequest to give the money was healthy, Kitsibori Mahavi, even if they're in a pile and we know which money. What, why would that help? Hello, Mashak, the person didn't yet receive it. It wasn't picked up. In other words, if the person died before it was given, it shouldn't it, it now become the property of the heirs? And it's too late to give it. Just like in the case where the guy died, you can't give his divorce anymore. And the guy died, and you can't um, give the freedom papers anymore. If the guy died, the money is no longer his. It belongs to the heirs. And uh, you might say, well, he gave it to the messenger. No, the messenger didn't pick it up yet. Even if it's, we know which money, he, he didn't pick it up yet. Allah, so the Lord said, we must be talking about Mishki Meira, a person on their deathbed. They made special rules for people on their deathbed because a person uh, on their deathbed, so there's an interesting rule that Apikabola, um, uh, if a person died and they owed people money, uh, they might have to come back to this world to pay them back. And that's not pleasant. You don't want to have to come back after a person uh, dies once and uh, uh, they have to come back to pay back people. So a person on, who's dying wants to make sure that they've paid back the money they owe. And so it's very common on their deathbed to tell the kids, oh, by the way, make sure to pay back this person and take, you know, this money that I have is not mine, give it to them. And so if you tell them, 
it's too late. It, it, it can't be, it can't happen because uh, you're going to die before we get the money back. So they'll be more upset and it'll cause them aggravation and it might cause them to die sooner. So they made certain rules that on a, a person who gives uh, instructions on a deathbed that they become a, a legal, um, legally viable, even though they, in other cases, they wouldn't be. So if you want to say he's a shkib meira, he's lying down for bad reasons, not just because he's tired. He's a shkib meira, he's lying down because he's on his final illness. So why does the money have to be specifically in a pile? Ki ain't tiburim nami. Even if they're not in a pile, we have a famous rule, the divei shkimeira, the words of a person on their deathbed, it's as if they're handed over. In other words, we do the wishes. Of, so what's the case? If he's healthy, so then why do we give the money after he died? It's, it's too late. And if he's not healthy, uh, why does it have to be in a pile? So what's this opinion that the money has to be all piled up? Really, we're talking about a healthy person. So our question was, if he's healthy, how, does, how can you transfer the money if the guy died before you uh, gave it to the, the heirs or whoever he wanted to give it to? The answer is, there is a way to give a person money um, even without picking it up. What is that way? That's like Rav Huna, Dom Rav Huna, Amarav, Amarav, Manuli Biyadcha. Someone says, you owe me money, Tanuli, give it to me. Uh, Leploni, Bamaimit Shloshten, if you have three people there, you can transfer money without actually picking it up and giving it to them. There's a way to have, it's called the Maimit Shloshten, it's like having a basin in front of you. So if you have a, uh, a group of three, you can transfer it even without him picking it up. So that's one of the reasons why when you sell chametz, you try to have at least three rabbis there, as I saw some people, so that this way they can transfer the chametz to the non-Jew, even though he did, what do you mean? It's the property of the non-Jew. It's still in the Jew's house. Everybody has their chametz in their cabinet, but you can transfer it with three. We're, we're saying, that, uh, our question was that if the guy died and the, the person didn't receive the money, should it be too late because it didn't go to him yet and now it's the property of the heirs? Our answer is that you had three people there and there's a way to transfer money even without formally picking it up and giving it to them by a concept known as maimed shlushtan, transferring money through three people. It's almost like uh, today we have these cash apps and other things you can transfer right. money in seconds. With maimed shlushtan, it transfers money in seconds. Why are they going in that direction when even if you had three people... To deliver the get, the guy died. Of course, the get is is null and void. Yeah, we're not arguing. I'm not not talking about the get case. This is the money case. No, no, but, but you're right. In the in the get case, three people isn't gonna doesn't change anything. Doesn't change so anything. They, For money, it would though. For money, you can transfer money with three people standing there. So why, why is the Gemara going in that direction though? What's what's tied us to that? Because that's the second case of the Mishnah. Um, you're right. In other words, the, the first case it was divorce or slavery. We oh, finished oh, that oh, off. But now we're already on the on the final case. Okay. So you're right. We we you know those cases we you know we're just going on the next case, okay. the money case. So we've left divorce behind, even though we're still getting yeah. Okay. So um, so that so that was our question in the final case of the Mishnah where we're in the money case. Why does the money transfer after he died, and why does that, the opinion say it has to be in the pile? So, uh, uh, so one answer was that we're talking about um, that he's on the deathbed. And so on the deathbed, we transfer money even though it doesn't follow the usual terms.
But then we had a question, why does it have to be in a pile? Deathbed, we do it even if it's not, we don't know exactly which money you meant. And uh, so we gave a second answer. Rizvid said, you're right, we're talking about a healthy person, but we got the three people there. So that's a little bit of a dochik, meaning that's, um, it didn't say three people there, but you have to learn the case was there were three people there and you use that mechanism to transfer. Our, our question is, why is this transaction valid? The money didn't change hands before he died. It should be too late. And answer number one is, well, on deathbed rules, we, it's not too late. We make special allowance to transfer even though there's no visible transfer because he's on deathbed. Or even if he's not on deathbed, uh, it, maybe there were three people there and they used the three people transfer. You need three people. No, uh, yeah, so that's what he was saying that you need the you need the the tibor. Do, do you need the pile too with the three? Yes, people? yes, yes. Mm -hmm. You need the pile? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Red Papa says really he doesn't it didn't say anything about three people. That's just that he's not on the deathbed. Right. The pile has to be there no matter what. Is that right? Whether he's on his deathbed and he's having one person do it or whether he's he well, no, so that was our question. If he's, if he's on the deathbed, it doesn't need to be in the pile. Ah, I thought that's what that was, that was the downside of that explanation. In other words, uh, uh, if he's on the deathbed, we, we allow it even though we don't know exactly which money he's referring right. to. Whereas the, if he wants to transfer it to someone, it's got to be like in front of us, in front of three. This money right here, that's his okay. property. So you got but three if people. If yeah. he's healthy, you don't have to worry about that. Um, well, if he's healthy, the only way to, uh, to do it is with three people. Otherwise, it doesn't right. actually transfer until the person gets it. Right, but the three people don't have to physically know which pile of money goes where? Uh, you know, so that's what he was asking. He was asking that, and, and you were asking that yeah, too. That and we're saying that it's got to be that one. In other words, the, the transfer with three people is, you see this money right over here, you know, this, this, uh, this pile of coins, that, you know, it's got to be there for them to know exactly which money. So who's and, and the, the healthy person is directing them to which pile of money is going to go where? Correct. Okay, but on the deathbed side... It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be in a pile of money. Correct. That's what I thought. Okay. Rep. says, really, we're talking about the deathbed side. Ukaid at land the other dinner. Rab to Amrav Shkimeresh Omar to new manu leplonium and nixte manazat. If you tell somebody exactly which money to give on the deathbed, they do it. Nosnin. Manastam... If they just don't, even on the deathbed, if they don't say which money you don't give, why? Maybe he means the buried money, the money under the mattress. This is a new thing, that even a shkimera, we thought that you do the wishes of a death person, but if you don't know which money, if it's not in a pile, he might not mean this money, he might mean you know, the money at home under the mattress. The Hilchasa, but the Allah is not like this. Who said he had money buried? We're not, we don't have to assume he meant different money. Papa, my time looks good. So we have two opinions. Why do they argue? As we explained and turn the page. The Papa said that this rule that to transfer money. Uh, it doesn't actually have to be in a pile. You can actually transfer even a loan with three people. Somebody owes you money, and you can have the three people transfer. Instead of them owing me money, they'll owe somebody else money. And that money is not in front of you. So basically, you don't need the pile for three people. Um, let's see. Um, why didn't he agree with me, Papa? He felt 
that it's very forced uh, to learn our Mishnah is talking about on the deathbed, and it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. How, why didn't it fit? So again, there were two answers. Either the Mishnah is talking about deathbed or the Mishnah is talking about Maimid Shlushton, uh, three people. So why didn't they like each other's answers? So one answer was, well, if it's three people, you don't need the pile because that works even for a loan. The second answer is, uh, why didn't he want to learn deathbed? He says that doesn't fit. Why He said, give the divorce and give the freedom papers or mesa. You can't give it to him after he died. Time in the mace, the reason is he died. Had he still been alive, they could give it. Time to Omar Tanu. The reason is because he said, give it. Hello, Omar Tanu. Had he not said, give them the divorce, give them the freedom papers, well, they, then they wouldn't be authorized to give them. That's not true. When a person is about to die, they're nervous. They've never done this before. It's not something that a person. Uh, um, uh, they they, yes, yeah, correct. And they don't know exactly when it's going to happen. And so they sometimes forget uh, all the details. And so there's a special allowance for even if he forgot to say, give it to him. In other words, he didn't say, give the get to the wife. He said, here's the get for the wife. But he forgot to say, give it to her. See, normally he's got to give complete instructions. So the rule is, no, so we give it even without the instructions. It's not, we learn, be shown Somebody's being taken out bekoler. On the collar. Uh, in the old days, when they wanted to kill somebody, the, uh, the government would show up and they would put chains around his neck. They'd put the collar on. And uh, taking out in the collar meant that they would never see him again. They were taking him out to kill him. So he's able to shout instructions to the people around him as he's being taken out. So somebody's being taken out the collar. And he knows that his wife would, uh, doesn't want to have to worry about Yibam from his brother somewhere. So he says, He says, write the divorce for the wife. Now, he forgot to say, deliver it. Because sometimes they would tell a scribe to write it, just in case he wants to get divorced later. But he just said, write it, and he forgot to say, give it. So the halacha is, on this case, we say, write it and give it. We, we assume that he was, uh, he, he hadn't, you know, he was busy being dragged out in chains. He didn't have time. He got confused. He forgot to say, give it. We're not going to let that hold us up from delivering the divorce. So that was case number one. Chazer Lomer, then they decided to add the following case. Hamafish Vayotzi Bishiroi. Let's say uh, he's about to leave on the caravan. He's going to be away for a long time. And then all of a sudden he shouts, oh my goodness, I forgot. Give the divorce to the wife. But he forgot to, he said, write the divorce to the wife. And he forgot to say, give it. There also, uh, he, even though he didn't say, give it, we assume that's what he means. Rishim and Chizuri, he added, even a person on their deathbed sometimes forgets all the instructions. So what do we see? That it, the deathbed doesn't need uh, the instructions. Um, so if that's true, it doesn't exactly fit the case of the mission. The mission has said that he gave the full instructions. And if we're talking about deathbed, he doesn't need to give the full instructions. So therefore, that's why he didn't want to learn the Mishnah was talking about a deathbed scenario, because the Mishnah said you need the instructions, and uh, Rav Shimon Shizuri holds that for a deathbed, you don't. But who said our Mishnah was going like Rav Shimon Shizuri? Dilma Rabbanan. Maybe we're going in the Rabbanan 
who uh, um, don't agree and say even deathbed requires instructions. Uh, in other words, if somebody says, write the divorce for the wife, maybe he didn't know he was going to die that day. Maybe he wanted to talk to her. He didn't say give it yet. Maybe he was pushing it off to the last possible moment. We have no right to, to give it if he didn't say give it. So, uh, and if our mission is like the Rabbanan, it could be a deathbed case. So there is this discussion how to learn the final case of the Mishnah, where he says, give the money that we give it, even though uh, he died. So again, the, either it was a deathbed case or it was a case of my Shlushtan. And so our question was, what was our reluctance to learn the deathbed case? Gufa, let's look at that case a little more, the details a little more. How did the case of transferring with three work? Gufa, Someone says, you owe me money. To new low, instead of giving it to me, give it to so-and-so. If you have three people, Kana, you can transfer a loan with three people. Three people enables you to do money transfers. He says, I could hear that if, if he has my think. You have my lawnmower. Instead of giving it back to me, give it to so-and-so. But to transfer a loan, the loan is owned to me. How can I transfer the obligation to pay me back to someone else? Banks do that all the time, by the way. People, they take out a loan and... And they sell the loans, you know. I, I happened to be, I was shocked. Like, all of a sudden, I said, well, don't send, the, you know, your mortgage payment to this bank. Send it to that bank. And then you better make sure it's not a scam, you know. That's the, uh... But they, they're able to transfer loans. But it, the question is, how do you do that? How do you transfer? Is that they true? They able to do it because it's in, the, it's in the agreement. I wonder if it was in the agreement here, he would be able to do that. Uh-huh. We're saying if you have three people, you could. Three people. Oh, oh, oh. Three people is the great enabler. That's what we're trying to say. It's like, a, it's like having a court redo the whole thing. If you do it in front of three, that enables it to happen. Uh, Someone says, you, you, uh, you have a loan in your hands. To new low, give it to so-and-so, but my Mitzlashen come. The time of my, what's the reason that uh, it works with three people? What's the mechanism of the three people transfer? It's as if when you made the loan, he said, I'll pay you back to either to you or anybody who buys it. From. In a certain way, what Michael said is very good, that he was saying that the bank can do it because when they... Uh, when they loaned you the money, they said that we have the ability to transfer this to right. someone else. And that's what he's saying. The, the reason you can transfer uh, is when you borrow from someone and he agrees to pay you back, he's agreeing to pay you back or anybody else who you want me to pay. That's almost like understood. Right. Then, then, yeah, that's the intent. intent. Yeah, that's right. right. That's, right. So that's, that's the same intent as get, go ahead and give this gift, even though you didn't say gift. Yeah, that's right. Um, why, do you, why do you really need the three? If that's part of the deal, you should almost need anybody. Um, well, how do we know it's transferred? And so the, 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 our question was, how could it work? If it has to do with who I owe the money, I owe you the money. I don't owe the other person. So we're saying that it's almost like understood that that was his intent when he borrowed, that he, he would be willing to to give it to you or anybody you transfer it to, the mechanism for transfer is with three. You still need to transfer it to someone. You, you can't just say, well, I agreed to pay you back. Instead of paying you back, I'll give it to someone else. <laughs> Very nice. But you, you, how do you, what's the mechanism for me taking 
how do I sell your loan? So I still need three people to do that. But we had to know that when the person took on the obligation, he was willing to uh, enable that to happen. What? Yes, I am. Well, sort of. I, I, I'm saying it's similar to a based in. I, I don't know exactly how. We, we haven't used the words based in. We said Bemaim and Gimel, right? With having three. The difference is whether they have to be like learned scholars or formally appointed, or can it be just any three? But really, the mechanism of based in, the idea of having three people, that exists. The concept of having an informal court, so to speak. Like a, uh, that's a, for the transfer, but that's a, something to look into. He doesn't like this idea. Why? What about if somebody got a 30 year loan and uh, they want to transfer it to somebody who was born after he borrowed the money? So the whole idea was I'll pay you or anybody else. But um, if somebody wasn't alive when he took the loan, who was born, most. do you mean to tell me that you can't transfer it? In other words, you can transfer it to somebody who existed. I agreed to pay you, whoever you designate. But somebody who wasn't even here when I borrowed the money, it goes by, basically it goes by the time that he borrowed it, he agreed to pay anybody you want to send me. But somebody who didn't exist at that time shouldn't be eligible because you can't say he obligated himself to pay that person. That person wasn't here. So is that true? Even Reb Meir, who says you can deal in futures, that's, that's a, um, you can, uh, something that somebody that was alive. So um, our, our question really is, what's the mechanism to transfer a loan to somebody that wasn't that wasn't alive at the time the loan was made. If he is alive, you could say, "I agree to pay you or anybody else who who you." Uh, I'm I'm mishabed myself. I'm obligating myself to pay anybody. Any, but you're the one who makes that decision who I pay because you're the one who gives it to me. But I'm agreeing to to pay you or whoever you choose to transfer it to. But that that happens at the time of the borrowing. At the time of the borrowing, if the person isn't alive, I never agreed to transfer it to him. So would you be able to transfer to a new kid on the block or not? That is the question. We'll we'll leave that for tomorrow. Um, Yerusha, it could be that that they become them, that they step into their father's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.